Welcome to the Podcast Potables Network. You are listening to Post Game Potables, brought to you by the Andrew Boss team at Berkshire Hathaway. Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a five-star rating, and a review on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter and on Tapped at Process Potables, and on Instagram at Podcast Potables Network. Check out our other shows, the flagship show Process Potables, our professional wrestling podcast Power Bombs and Potables, our brand new MMA podcast Punches and Potables, and much, much more. For news, blog posts, info on breweries we've worked with, and more, check out www.processpotables.com. Postgame Potables is on tap. Let's fucking get this over with, boys. Mm-hmm. This is episode two of Postgame Potables. This episode is titled, Do You Really Want to Hurt Me? Do You Really Want to Make Me Tie? And this was four hours of pain. Absolute pain. The Eagles are now at 0-2-1. We talked last week about how this just doesn't seem like a team that has enough talent to do anything, and today they didn't even have enough talent to kick a 59-yard field goal that Jake Elliott was perfectly <laughs> capable of and giving themselves a chance to actually win one. Steve, what are your first thoughts as, as we fire up the mics and are about to, I'm sure, tear this team apart and probably fire some pretty hot takes as we are all pretty pissed off, I'm sure? Not to get political here, but I'm waiting for that fucking meteor to hit us. Just ended already, 2020 meteor. I'm pretty sure that's not politics, yeah. so... You're safe here. Oh, okay. But, uh, team nihilism, sure, but not political. <laughs> well, I saw on a political sign, so that's what I mean. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you, you don't, you're not choosing between, uh, you know, Trump and Biden. You're just choosing Team Meteor, and I think that that's yes. uh, we can all root for that. That's fine. So I'm with you there. But what about you know the Eagles, more or less? Uh no comment. No comment. Cool. Yeah, Corey. <laughs> And anything to add besides where's the when does the meteor come? I, I mean, I'm sure we're going to talk about a lot of things, but the whole game, and every time you're like, all right, you know, let's see what we do with this drive. All I could think back to was last week's show when we were talking about how much longer does Doug have here, and that just kept going through my mind when we couldn't even beat the Bengals. Yeah, the the end of game mishandling, especially, is you know. It's definitely shades of, you know, all the times we remember with Andy Reid and poor clock management. Yep. And I don't know if you can call this clock management per se, but just, you know, decision management. I feel like they were three yards away from that CBS uh, field goal range stripe for 15 minutes. I oh, feel yeah. like, And I feel like they ran 20 plays to just get to that line. And I'm, I think they got about two yards inside that line. So, like, fine, okay, they finally fucking got here for for all accounts for all intents of purposes and they have a false start and then they choose the punt and i i don't i don't understand any of it my first question to both of you would be if you didn't watch this game and i told you that the eagles held joe mixon to under 50 yards rushing and they sacked joe burrow eight times would you have thought they won absolutely yeah 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 that's what i think too so the defense kind of showed up. We, we've really ripped them. I know I have. We played the linebacker game last week, and, boy, they didn't really look any better. But the defensive line showed up. 
We saw Darius Slay really play some great coverage. Oh, yeah. It was nice to see what a number one cornerback looks like for the first time since I, I think Sheldon Brown probably is the last actual number one corner we had. Yeah. That that really showed up. So, you know, that was great. There was that one third down late in the game where they ran the crossing route to the left and Slade was in man coverage and he makes that tackle. He's like third and three that yeah. ends that drive. And which, right in the, in the uh, down before that, he made like a really nice tip. To, yep. You know, yeah, so he so, was all over the place. So huge game for Darius Slay. And the scary thing is this is now back-to-back weeks where he's gotten injured and come out of the game, but so far, you know, has returned both times. So fortunate there for now, but I'm hoping that, you know, these aren't the kind of things that catch up to him and uh, potentially – you know, he doesn't come back from one of these. Hopefully, he's able to hang in there. But anyway, you know, there are some bright spots there. But again, I mean, I was listening to WIP on the car ride over to our friend Joe's where we watched today. And uh, Elliot Shore Parks was talking about how bad the Bengals' offensive line is. That they're, you know, if not the worst in football, one of the worst. So this was kind of expected. So, you know, it's it's kind of that they should do this. But you very easily wouldn't have been surprised if they still didn't. So you give them, you know, I guess how much credit would you give the defensive line versus how much do you think is it's just a bad Cincinnati offensive line? That's a good question. I I think I tipped uh, you know more in favor of our defensive line, especially because I I know a Fletcher Cox. He was kind of questionable uh, throughout the week heading into the game, and he definitely he had to have played you know hurt or you know. Yeah, he wasn't 100%, but he yeah, did Yeah, you play. could tell he was 100%, but, I mean, that defensive line showed up to play today, and, you know, uh, Brandon Graham had a monster game. and Derek Barnett had flashes, he had, which we've seen from him his entire career. Just flashes, not the whole thing, but today was a good day for him. And, like, and I feel like this happens a lot of times. It's like we have a good line going up against a bad offensive line, and it's like, it just it always feels like you know we we get the the you know the the raw end of that deal and, and I think you know they definitely you know uh, played up to their potential today. Corey, it was just th- this whole game. Of, I mean, first of all, you know, peeling the current back. I felt like shit all day. You and me had a very late night last night. Yeah, if you can't tell me, <laughs> and over. Uh, and uh, this game was just. Very difficult to watch because CBS games are always CBS games are already bad in the first place, and then this game, this was literally like the the matchup of the two shittiest teams on the face of the freaking earth at this point is what it seemed like, and it just went on for literally ever. Just just a quick sidebar is is that only an inside joke within our group of friends or do other people joke about how boring? No, I'm pretty sure C- everybody universally hates okay. CBS. Okay, I, I feel re- like I've never. He- I retweeted heard that the uh, I retweeted Blue Meanie. Like at one point he goes, "I hate watching football on CBS," and then yeah. an hour later he goes, "I still hate watching football on CBS." <laughs> so I was like, "Okay, yeah." yeah. I th- I think it's pretty. It's probably not talked about as much. We talk about it a lot because we really fucking hate it. But I do think that it is the consensus that everybody hates it. We got we got to talk about Carson Wentz, who has had a very rough start to the season, and this was really looking like it was going to be potentially a make or break season for Carson. You know, he gets through last year all healthy until the playoff game with the cheap shot from Clowney. But, you know, that obviously wasn't like, you know, the back or or anything that was just a concussion. So he recovers from that. And, you know, now he's got his big contract and he's got to start, you know, putting together complete seasons and really kind of putting the team on his back so far, you know, not great by any means. And, 
You look at Joe Burrow, who, yes, was a number one pick, but he's playing in his third NFL game. And Joe, Joe Burrow goes 31 of 44 for 312 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Was sacked eight times, obviously. But yeah. other than when they got to him, they really couldn't stop him. Carson, 29 for 47, 225 yards. That's only 4.8 yards. Oh, my God. Yeah. A completion. One touchdown, two picks. It's not acceptable at this point that a guy in his third game outplays you that bad and with that garbage offensive line in front of him and with no help from his run game. Yeah, and, and to add to your point, I mean, if, if I'm a Bengals fan, like, you have to know going into season, it, it's a re- – you know, Usually, anytime you draft a quarterback number one overall, you're you're you know we're not going to win this season. This is a rebuilding year. Yeah, they don't. They're and, not. They're not going to worry about their record. They just want to see this kid look good. Yeah, and by he, all accounts, in three games, I think he's looked great. Yeah, and dude, even I know the the uh, you know Doug's challenge reverse up, but that like you know spin move to avoid the tackle and then like oh yeah, to, I was just, I, I was like. God yeah, damn. I mean, that play being reversed was no fault of Joe Burrow's. It was, you know, the receiver coming back in bounds. So right. He still gets all the credit in the world for that play, even though at the end of the day, you don't get the result. Yeah, from and it's just even with the eight spat, even with the eight sacks, he played great. Carson Wentz, on the other hand, the offensive line is one of the biggest concerns going into this year. And with the exception of, you know, running out of the pocket and just, you know, running the ball himself a few times. I, I can't really tell you what else Carson did that I'm really happy or thrilled or I can be like, okay, this sucks, but at least he did this. So we can build on that. Like, like, no, like he's like at every, from his decision-making to his accuracy, just sometimes it's, he's only looking for one receiver. Like yeah, he's, I, today was like, the worst I saw yeah. out of him just staring down his first read and, you know, not throwing it. So now they know it. You don't even look off of it. You're just waiting, waiting, waiting. You're drawing everyone on the defense is following your eyes, and you're not using that to your advantage. You're playing right into it. You did bring up a great point with the running because obviously the mobility was one of the few bright spots for him. Uh, I think he had like 65 yards on the ground, if I'm not mistaken. But well, it's and and especially the touchdown, the tie, it was a huge play yeah. for him. After all the you know disappointments of this game so far, to just you know tough it out and get yourself in that position was impressive but then you know right back to all the all the difficulties and bad plays in the overtime of course so it, it kind of makes it all for naught and I don't know I know that statistically 0-2-1 has to be considered better than 0-3 but I mean this feels I feel like this feels worse than losing somehow is that crazy or I mean, it could be worse. You could have put a $1 bet to win 174 <laughs> and all you needed was one more point to win that money, and you didn't get that. I, I could have done that, theoretically, <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine anybody would do that or have that happen to them. But There is part of me that just wants to say, you know what? Suck a dick, Borton. That, and then the way that game ended, it's just like, that is so 2020. Which is all the weird shit. Like there's there's that easy excuse to to throw right in there. But for for some reason, I don't know, man. We we've been watching Eagles games for, for years and years now. And usually, my drive home, I'm just like really in a bad mood when they lose. With this tide, it's just, it's just comical. I don't know why. Like I just oh yeah. I mean, I walked you know, out of Joe's house just laughing. There's nothing else. I, I mean, you could to really do about it. I think I I heard Glenn Mack now on the post game say. 
you know, if you're not laughing about this, then you might cry. Yeah. And that, that's kind of where I am is that, you know, the laughing is a defense mm-hmm. mechanism for not being angry or, or angry sad is I just, you know, laugh yeah. at to, the misfortune To quote of Tobias Harris, pain. And sometimes we, we laugh. Yep. Very true. It, it seemed, and obviously when you look at Carson Wentz throwing 47 times, that's a fuck ton, but... Do you like Miles Sanders did get 18 carries? I don't feel like he touched the ball that many times, and he almost had 100 yards. I know early he had a couple of nice spin moves and stuff, and he looked like he was making some nice jump cuts. But again, in a game where it was never really out of hand, I really wish this team could find a way to get the run game going. And they say that offensive lines are supposed to like to run block. That especially with our offensive line, you know, a guy like Lane Johnson. Is supposed to be a great run blocker. He's supposed to be able to get physical, and he's an athlete. He can move. Jason Kelsey is arguably, you know, the best center in the league at getting to the second level. So if you can design runs that allow him to go and get linebackers, that's usually where we have a lot of success the past few years when our offensive line has been good. It, it doesn't feel like you're seeing any of those things happening. And I don't know if that's scheme, if that's, you know, teams not worrying about it too much because they can – play it easier when they're not scared of Carson, if it's the offensive line not being as talented as it used to be with Kelsey getting older, Jason Peters clearly, you know, playing at like 25% yeah. at, at best. And is he actually hurt too? Uh, who yeah, coming out of that game? He's like, been hurt for like six years. But, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, to, I, you know, I advocated in this offseason when the discussion started about them letting him walk and, you know, maybe coming back to it later that I wanted him to come back because I actually thought he played really well last year. And ultimately, he does come back. So, you know, my opinion, that was good at the time. And they're talking about him playing left guard. And it's like, I don't know that he can play guard. And then obviously the injury to Andre mm-hmm. Dillard forces him to left tackle. And you're like, okay, well, at least that's the position he's always played. Again, thought he did okay last year. I- I've never seen him look... N- close to this bed, even with all the false starts last year and whatnot. I mean, today you can count. I, I need more than my two hands to count the amount of times that he just got completely gassed by on the left side today. And fortunately for the Eagles, their plan had Carson rolling out and they had some extra blockers and stuff. So, you know, he's only sacked three times, but the pressure definitely got there. It broke down a lot of plays. And I think Carson kind of started seeing ghosts a little bit between the picks and some of the pressure that, yeah, it, it impact a lot of plays, even if the stats may not necessarily say so. So I don't see this offensive line getting better anytime soon. We know the linebackers aren't getting better anytime soon. This receiving core probably isn't getting better. Deshaun Jackson, uh, again, isn't getting any do- younger. Doesn't play for half the game. I don't know if he's actually hurt or. I think they said something last week about managing him, and I don't know what that means because he's making like $10 million a year. So uh, I think you need to manage how to get him the fuck in the game a little more, being that he is the only actual professional receiver you have available right now. Oh, no, man. And the one or two times he got down the field, he couldn't outrun anyone. Yeah, that was the one thing I I was – I was talking about that when we were watching the game. That he's at the point now where it's like, and I said he was in double coverage, and I said yeah, four years ago he would have been past them, but they're with him now. I mean, I don't think we saw, I mean, again, you know, we record this right after, so we don't have the benefit of replays or, or going back and watching film at this point, but you know, the only play we really saw them take that shot, obviously they should have never thrown it was double coverage. You can't just run by guys when they're playing a deep zone. So you don't. I don't know on that play if he had man the man and couldn't beat him, 
or if, you know, a guy's in that deep zone and he's just running into yeah. it. Again, like, Carson shouldn't have made that throw in the first place, so I'm not going to sit there and say that was Deshaun looking slow. I'm, I'm sure he can still burn, but obviously if you're going to talk about beating a guy deep, then you need to have the defense in man coverage. You need to not have that help over the top to stop it, and at this point, the Eagles have not proven to any defense that they can punish you for covering these guys one-on-one, for sending blitzers, for, for pretty much doing whatever you want. Like, this offense can't punish anybody. And if you're not going to punish Cincinnati of all teams, then you're definitely not going to punish San Francisco Sunday night. No. So I don't feel great. The about... next three weeks are going to be long three weeks, man. So it's San Francisco Sunday night. and then... San Francisco, then is it Pittsburgh? And then... San Fran, yep, Steelers, and then Ravens. Yeah, they're losing all three all of them. All three, yeah. They they have to. I mean, San Francisco, maybe, if I don't think Garoppolo will be back yet. But it still seems pretty daunting. And so our first who, one of the year might not come till October 22nd when we play the Giants on Thursday night. And even that. The Giants yeah. will get their first win of the season. Then. Well, you know, and, and, dude, like, and Thursday night games are just all wild cards. Like, they're just... It, like, without Garoppolo today, Nick Mullins came in as the Niners quarterback and went 25 of 36 for 343 yards and a touchdown. He played better than Carson Wentz has in any game this season. And yeah. he's the backup on, you know, kind of short notice with Jimmy G going down last week. So... I don't know what you can do at this point, and obviously if you're one of the unfortunate souls who ever finds yourself listening to sports radio, you you know what you're going to get a hefty dose of this week. Jalen Hurts starting week four. Mm -hmm. I legitimately, I saw people saying it on Twitter, and I legitimately agreed, and I guess in hindsight, Doug did the right thing leaving Carson in because he at least you know scored the touchdown that tied the game for them and at least helped them not lose. But I had I, seen enough of Carson and seen enough bad throws that I, I was willing to let Jalen Hurts get a series in this game, even if it was just to let Carson, you know, watch and, and maybe just send a message like, hey, man, you're not invincible. Like, you need to clean this up. I don't know if this is the kind of thing now three weeks in that maybe this is all psychological stuff from the fact that they spent a second-round pick on a quarterback mm-hmm. when he's your franchise guy. But at the same time, I mean, they just signed you to a huge deal. Like You have to believe they have confidence in you until you give them a reason not to. And he's giving them all the reasons in the world right now. I don't know if I want to start Jalen Hurts in week four because by all accounts, he's supposed to be a pretty big project type of quarterback. But I would if, if Carson has another game like this, like if he doesn't get it right at some point in that game, then there, there definitely has to be the potential to give Jalen Hurts a chance, I think. I, I it, it pains me to say it because I've always been a Carson believer, but th- there's there's something wrong on all fronts. There's something wrong in his head. There's something wrong with his mechanics. There's something wrong with, with what he's seeing. I, I, there were so many throws he missed today, and, and some of these are bad calls, but a lot of them are bad throws. And the one uh, he missed, what, he missed Sanders on – I think he missed Sanders on two different wheel routes – yeah, he missed uh, that that interception. The yeah, Earth yeah. had to be on the back shoulder. He throws it right up the seam, and I saw people complaining that Ertz, you know, doesn't win fifty fifty balls and doesn't fight for the ball. And I don't think those people are wrong, but that is not the play to make that argument on. No. That was a fucking terrible throw. 
Like, you cannot make that throw in the NFL. It is unfucking acceptable What do you think about, you know, Carson starting week four or maybe going to Hurts or if Wentz is struggling again in that game and you get the halftime, do you think maybe that's when they pull the trigger already or do you you just got to keep going with Carson because he's the guy and you've got to give him every opportunity to try and build his confidence back? So I wouldn't be against starting Jalen Hurts or like you said, you you know, maybe starting to – Second quarter, give him a series just to see how he's looking. And it's just, you know, a little sending a message to Carson. I don't think that would ever happen because we're also not far removed from signing to uh, Carson Wentz to a ginormous extension for, you know, hundreds of, you know, was it over a hundred million guaranteed? Oh, I think? yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So oh, well, I, guaranteed, I don't know. I mean, you're not guaranteed, but, uh, you know, that's a lot of money for a lot of years. But like you said, they also did invest a second round pick in Hertz. But if you do see some juggling of Wentz and Hurts, I think it's because of another reason. I think it's because Doug's feeling the hot seat. I don't think Doug, you know, fucks around like that unless his job's in jeopardy. Corey, the Carson thing. I, I don't see them. I don't see them doing it. They they could, but th- I think that that's the type of thing. I don't see them doing it necessarily in Week Four. I'd say that if that's if we get to we have these three games that we're already pretty much writing off that they're going to be losses. Maybe at one point after week five or six, if we're still not winning, that's when you just say fuck it and you just throw the curveball in there and just see if something will stick. But I don't think it's going to happen as soon as possibly next week. And let's be honest, uh, Carson Wentz does have a history of not finishing the season healthy, so right. there's a chance that they may, that may end up. Uh, Happening anyway. Yeah, I mean, for, for what it's worth, today he's he's taken a lot of running opportunities. He got that touchdown, but like, man, like, like whenever I see him do dives like that, all I think of is that injury. The Rams one. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's scary. Again, it's one of those things where I appreciate that he's out there trying to be the hero and stuff. But those are the same things that have gotten him in trouble before. Is you know, trying to do too much on one play, not realizing when you got to, you know, just fold them and give up, you know, throwing balls away. We had, he had issues with that the first two weeks. And, you know, the CBS announcers who were absolutely gobbling Joe Burrow's cock the whole game, which, you know, I, like I get it. He looks good, but he didn't look that good for fuck's sake. We're talking about one of the times where they were backed up in their, in their own uh, side of the field and he threw one away and they're like, you know, it, it's a good thing for a rookie to figure out to, you know, live to see another day, and it's like, yeah, like this guy's in his third game, and he's making those types of good decisions. And Carson Wentz is still struggling in year five to fucking figure it out. As far as his uh, contract, it looks like it's a hundred and seven million in guaranteed components, but they're not sure exactly what that includes. So I don't know if like he might have to hit some things for the whole guarantee. Right. But you're right, so it actually was, you know, if not close to a hundred, possibly over a hundred guaranteed. So. It, because of that contract, I, I think that uh, while fans are going to you know want to kind of give him a shorter leash uh, than than many, I don't think that the franchise will be mainly because of that contract. But the uh, the other unfortunate thing today that isn't really related to the Eagles, but those people have not gone away still, and today is going to give them some fuel. Nick Foles replaced Mitch Trubisky midway <laughs> through the uh, Bears Falcons game and led them back to win. 30 to 26 when they were down 26 to 10. 
So not only do we have to hear the Jalen Hurts stuff, but now we're going to have to hear yep. Nick Foles things again as somehow that guy just always figures out Dude, a way I was to... still hearing about the Nick Foles thing like a week and a half ago talking yep. to someone. It, it just... So now there's going to be two quarterbacks that you get to hear about uh, that we wish were playing, one that is actually here at least, and then one that isn't now... here and didn't even win the job straight up from Trubisky in the offseason, but now looks like he may take that job at least now, for now. Is that worse than when I went on Twitter and uh, seen people comparing Wentz to Markel Fultz? I Yep. I'm not I'm not doing this. Uh I don't really want to do any of this. I'm pretty proud <laughs> that we too. even showed up cuz uh this sucks. Uh I don't think I really have anything else. I am not excited to have to stay up till probably 11:30 possibly midnight Sunday night to watch what I imagine is going to be an awful fucking game, either the Eagles getting their ass kicked or another shit show like this one where, unfortunately, they make you believe they're in it the whole time only to find some dumb way to fuck it up. You know what today's loss reminded me of? Pain. Pain, one, but also 1B. It just had a lot of shades of a really, really bad Andy Reid lost from back in the day. Well, that, that's what I said about like, the, the just, thing at the end. Like, like, that like you said, like, yeah, like what you said earlier, uh, Miles Sanders got 18 carries. Didn't seem like it. There were games where Brian Westbrook, you know, they didn't like really let him run the ball. And it's, it felt like he was having the ball thrown to him more than actually rushing it. Uh, but, you know, they never established a run, which also, you know, does definitely doesn't help the uh, passing game. And what Doug has always done to differentiate himself from Andy Reid, you know, Big Dick Doug. Well, Big Dick Doug needs to reach in his pants and find his big balls because we had not seen them all season. <laughs> and for him, most importantly, you know, we haven't touched on this yet. I was not a fan at all for him kicking that extra point and not going for two. Yeah. You see, when you're 0-2 for the season, everything to this point is just fucking sucked. If you could win a game on a two-point conversion, like that, that's something that I know we don't have the talent for a playoff run or anything, but to just get this team motivated and just to attempt to turn things around, like that could have been it because 0-2-1, technically being better than 0-3, it just sounds and feels worse. No, you're you're exactly right, and I, I tweeted it in real time that I wanted them to go for two. I, I don't know how. I think the room was kind of split when we were there. I'm pretty sure like me and Joe Sheen were speaking at the same time, and he said, you take the tie. Yeah. I said, you go for the win, and obviously in hindsight, that looks like it would have been a good idea too, but I, I think either way, I think you, you couldn't trust your shitty offense to score again. I, I do believe in Doug's ability to, to call one play to get three yards you know, with the game on the line. And you ha- still have guys like Miles Sanders and Zach Ertz that uh, you can trust in those situations. I know you don't have you know a guy like Alshon Jeffrey. I, I know I think Goddard came back, but I don't know how available he was. Yeah, but, and then he was uh, taken out of the game again. Yeah, for, so, so but still, yeah. I mean, I I have a hard time believing that you can't find a way to get Ertz or Sanders the ball with three yards, or even you know some kind of Carson. RPO where he can run for three yards. He had shown that, you know, he was kind of feeling himself running a little bit today. So I completely agree. I I think I would have felt a little bit better, even if they didn't end up converting it, that at least they went for it. And then it's like, all right, fine, we're fucking 0-3, but, you know, you you swung for the fences. And now at at 0-2-1, I feel like I feel worse than I would have felt had that happened. But I guess we have no way to know. But next week, San Francisco, Sunday night, 8-20 NBC. 
I'm going to go ahead and say that the Eagles are going to lose that one. I'm going to say 24 to 10. Ooh. I, I, that's the number I had in my head as you, right before you said. I'm torn on yeah. the 24-13, 24-10. Yeah. I mean, if we score a touchdown, it's it's because we get lucky. Probably. Not, yeah. And and one little thing to, to tack on to what you said a couple minutes ago about how this reminded you of a really old Andy Reid loss that just like our own Coach K informed me on the way over here that the last time the Eagles tied was 12 years ago to the Bengals, which would have been Andy Reid era anyway. So this literally, yeah, <laughs> you hit the nail on the head with that one. And I think I, I, I heard or, or saw on Twitter that this is the first time in NFL history that uh, – Two teams, one from the AFC, one in the NFC, have, have two ties against each other. Great. Yeah, so. Love being a part great, of history. Great, great history and trivia here. So, uh, you know, after a game like this, I sure shit wouldn't be listening to any Eagles podcast. So if you listen to this, I'm sorry. But since we started it last week, it felt like it would have been really irresponsible not to do this week. But I didn't want to. I don't think anybody here wanted to. And hopefully you didn't want to listen, and hopefully you didn't. But if you did, I I guess thanks. Thanks. And, and participate in the misery. We're, we're all here to be miserable together. These are only going to get worse. Yeah. They're really only going to get worse. I can't imagine that they get better. So uh, if, if you're in for hating this fucking team right now, and, and only right now, obviously, you know, the, the, oh, these yeah. are our guys. They won the Super Bowl two years ago. Yeah. But – uh, this is fucking miserable. You know, like the year after second round loss, I'm good. I'm not upset at all. Last season, pulling that fucking, you know, ragtag group of pieces, practice squad pieces of shit to, to even the first round of the playoffs. Like, cool. Division champs. Yep. Yeah. Like, whatever. It's fine. You know, if this team would have gone like nine and seven and either snuck in or, you know, just missed, probably still okay. At least if we saw Carson healthy. Looking good. Maybe just the defense wasn't enough. You know, I could probably live with that. But this is fucking unacceptable. And, and you know, and if you don't want to watch the Eagles, you can watch football. And then, what can uh, our listeners do if they oh, want to gamble yeah. on and some he, other games and you know take their mind away from the Eagles? What's the best way? Gambling, right? Best way to supplement that. Yeah, it's a great way to find joy in watching all the other games that are you know more enjoyable to watch the Eagles anyway. But when you can put some money on the line. Uh, I do have a Patreon that I've been plugging on my Twitter, at Dan Says That. You can sign up for $3 a month. You can sign up for $10 a month. $3 gets you a, you know, a pretty mild list of games and some thoughts on them. The $10 one's going to get you almost daily posts with stuff all over some of the different betting apps. It's going to give you more detailed breakdowns of the games, the lines, and it's going to give you our best picks of the week uh, with the units and all. And every day that we see any good bonuses, promotions, anything like that, we'll be plugging them in there. So uh, it's a lot of content. I appreciate anybody who has signed up already. Uh, really excited to keep this going. We, of course, started out pretty ugly on Thursday night, but we bounced back strong in the 1 o'clock games today. We'll see what the rest of the day holds for us, but uh, already a good day so far. So uh, looking good and looking forward to keeping that going. So if you are looking for something other than the Eagles to try and fulfill the giant, giant void in your life, uh, I might be able to help you fill that void with money. And money can help you fill that void with whatever you want. Yep. Drugs, prostitutes. Money would solve all of my problems. True. 
Just I, I, I hate it when people say that that, that, it, that it won't it, but no, it will. Give me a million dollars, I'll be the happiest dude on earth. I, I believe that. You so still team meteor, but Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Not you know, maybe just ask it to wait a little Yeah, bit. if I were to ever win a million dollars, it's because a meteor is coming the next day. Ah, uh, yeah, so, that makes sense. I'm a realist. All right, so uh <laughs> anything else, guys? I need to go take a fucking nap so that I can watch WWE pay-per-view tonight and uh, try and... The only thing that sounds worse than watching the CEO yeah. game sounds like we're having Dude, to watch a yes. WWE pay-per-view. Yes, tonight. I fucking agree with it. And I probably am not even going to get that pot out till tomorrow because I have a lot of other things that I want to talk about on it as and, well. And it's so. a SmackDown one, isn't it? They're, they're all conjoined. Oh, but, nice. yeah, it's... Uh, it's a, little, it's a tough time to be a, a wrestling fan. I think, and an Eagles fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything that I love, just it, awesome. it's just Pain. fucking unbearable and Pain. painful. Well, that's, <laughs> that's going to be it for us. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it, and we will talk to you uh, late Sunday night following Eagles Niners. I mean, there's a good chance we're doing this pod at halftime. Yeah. In a perfect world, we're doing it at halftime. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. Appreciate everybody for listening and trust the podcast.